Hello and greetings and welcome to the latest edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. Thrilled that you are making us a part of your day wherever you are in the world and however you may be listening. Now, we always say that this is not a one-way conversation. We want to hear from you and we are putting our swag where our mouth is. That just sounded dumb. I'll never say that again. Remind me, never say that again. But we are going to give you some free stuff for your opinion. Possibly. We want to hear from you with a quick two-minute survey about the Live Happy Now podcast. All you got to do is go to livehappy.com slash survey, fill it out, and there is the possibility that you will win some of our fantastic Live Happy merchandise. We've got t-shirts. We've got cups. We've got caps. We've got wristbands. We've got all kinds of stuff, and it could be coming your way. And all you got to do is tell us your opinion. Everybody's got one. Not that hard. We would appreciate hearing yours. Now... On to the business of the podcast. I'm really excited about this one. Dr. Shrikamal Rao has helped thousands of executives and entrepreneurs all over the world discover deep meaning. And his methods have enabled them to achieve quantum leaps in effectiveness. I mean, just leaps and bounds better than where they were. The graduates of his workshop have become more creative and more inspiring leaders. He conceived the innovative course, Creativity and Personal Mastery course, that he teaches in London and New York. And students found it so overwhelmingly powerful that it remains the only business school course in the world to have its own alumni association, like a university. Let's take a listen to our conversation with Dr. Srikamar Rao. Well, Dr. Rao, first of all, thank you so much for taking some time out uh, to join us. You're a very, very busy man. We're very appreciative that we've got the chance to talk to you. It's entirely my pleasure. You've got a course in creativity and personal mastery that you offer up when you go around the world, really, teaching folks things. What does that mean, uh, creativity and personal mastery? How do you define that? <laughs> okay, it's called creativity and personal mastery mm -hmm. because persons <clears throat> become very creative in crafting a wonderful piece of art. Mm -hmm. And the wonderful piece of art that they craft is their life. Uh -huh. And if you want to be a, an artist and create this wonderful piece of art, which is your life, then you do have to have a certain amount of expertise, certain amount of dedication, all of which is summed up in personal mastery. Hence, creativity and personal mastery. There you go. I, th I think that can even be like a paradigm shift right there. If you think of, yes. okay, you're a piece of art yourself and your life is art and here's how we're going to create it. What are some outcomes that people have experienced from, from learning these things? Oh, <laughs> okay. Let me take you a little bit uh, back, back on that so you have some context. Okay. What happens is most of us think that we are living in a real world, real in quotes, in mm -hmm. the real world, and stuff happens to us. And my thesis is that we do not live in the real world. We live in a real world. Ah. And that means that if we're not happy with any part of it, we can deconstruct it and create another a real world. And my thesis is that the world we live in is not reality. It is, it's like the matrix. We constructed it. <laughs> we constructed it with the mental chatter we entertain. We constructed with the mental models that we hold. And having constructed it, we then experience it as we have constructed it. And this is a hugely liberating uh, of concept, because if you're unhappy with the way your life is, 
you can deconstruct the parts of it that are not working and uh, build it over again. And my program shows you systematically how you go about doing it. So it's not you're not just necessarily advocating the simulation theory, but that we have the ability to influence our world and our environment and and change the things that that we want to see change. Is that right? Absolutely correct. In fact, I would go further. It's not just influence; it's actually create. Fantastic. How did how did this become your calling? Well, what happened is that uh, there was a period in my life I had a great deal of uh, success initially, and uh, then I stagnated. And I woke up one day feeling very sorry for myself because all the people who were way behind me had kind of caught up and uh, gone beyond. So I was uh, full of pity for myself. You know, what happened to me? I had such great education, such early career success, and here I am stagnating. And I needed something to get me out of this uh, the real deep slump that I was in. Mm. And uh, all my life I'd been doing a lot of reading, the world's great uh, masters, and they said things which took me to a very bright place. But then I came back to what I thought was the real world, and uh, it kind of sucked. <laughs> and I remember thinking that if all of this was useful only if you were sitting quietly thinking peaceful thoughts, but not when you came to the hurly-burly, then it's actually pretty useless. Right. But somehow I knew that wasn't true. I knew it was very valuable. I just hadn't figured out how to make use of it. So I said, I'm going to create a course which will take the teachings of the world's great masters and help modern people in a post-industrial society apply them to their life. So that's how it started. I think that's fantastic because a lot of the things that we encounter, and I wouldn't even call it negative feedback, it's just it's people who don't quite understand the mission of what of what positive psychology is doing as a whole and, and what we're doing on the micro level is that we're not just spouting off theories that sound really good on paper or in an academic world. We're, we're trying to make things practical for people and make it a way for you to to create that as part of your reality. So I, I think that's absolutely I, I, and it works in spades. It really works in spades. Yeah, it's there's so many practical applications of it, and, and I think that's it's fantastic that there's there's someone out there that that's that's taking these sorts of ideas to the people and, and presenting them. I also like how you don't believe you say you don't believe in labeling things good or bad. Tell us what you mean by that. Okay, here's what happens: the moment an event occurs, any event. In your head, without recognizing it, you quickly decide whether it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. Nothing is ever neutral. It's either slightly good or slightly bad, and some things are really good or really bad in your head. You stick a label on it. Sure. Now, here's something for you to think about. Whenever an event occurs, it's just that, an event. It does not cause suffering. Suffering begins only at the instant you label something, oh, my God, this is bad, this is terrible. Let's assume you get, you get fired from your job, mm -hmm. okay? You got fired from your job, you're now unemployed. But you go, you're fired from my job, oh, my God, my rent is due, how am I going to meet, meet my kids' tuition? This is terrible. And the moment you say this is terrible, at that instant, suffering begins. Suffering doesn't begin when you lose your job. It begins at the instant you label it, this is terrible, I can't bear it. This is important. You got that? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So 
So now let me ask you a question. Can you recall any event which happened to you in your life that at the time it happened, you thought this was terrible, but you can now mm-hmm. look back upon it and say, hey, that was actually pretty good? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was doing a... Lots a, of people can, right? Yeah. yeah it's... Everybody practically has at least one such instance. Okay, so now let me ask you a question. If something happened to you in the past that at the time it happened, you thought this was terrible, but you can now look back upon it and say, hey, that was actually pretty good, then is it possible, is it just barely possible that what today you're about to label bad could in X years turn out to be pretty good? Let me give you an example. I had someone who uh, took my course at London Business School. And he got a job in the city of London. City of London is the London equivalent of Wall Street. And the, then the financial crisis hit, so he was laid off. And he was, you know, pretty annoyed for, you know, maybe a day or so, and then he got on with life. But one of the things that really uh, annoyed him was that he got laid off, but several others in his department, who he thought were real turkeys, did not. <laughs> yeah. Six months later, the financial crisis got worse. And all the entire department was laid off. But he was one of the early persons to get laid off, so he got a very healthy severance. The others who got laid off later got nothing. Mm. So he was actually fortunate to have been laid off first. Yeah. That's an interesting way to think about it. Yes. So if you look at this thing which you're about to label bad and ask yourself, is there any conceivable way in which X years from now this could turn out to be pretty good? And then you take the next stage step and ask, hey, is there anything that I can do to make it good? And all of a sudden, avenues of action will open up to you that you probably never would have considered before. Oh, yeah, for sure. And your life will take a completely different key. For sure. We've, we've had guests talk about, you, you know, you might set out on this particular journey and then a roadblock comes up. But if you take the right huh? detour, you're going to find something huh? in general. You'll probably find something that, that will have even more meaning for you uh, later on. And it, all, and it all ties into that resiliency, I think. Exactly correct. And also, by the way, I'd like to stress at this point that you don't find meaning by looking for it. You mm-hmm. find meaning because you give it to what you are doing. Meaning comes from within you, not from without. Yeah, that's for sure. It's it's not good. And I think if you, if people spend so, too much time searching for meaning, they're going to miss the meaning. It's going to speed right by them because they're not on the lookout for, or they're too much on the lookout for what they think meaning is. Does, does that make any sense at all? <laughs> of course, yes. It's kind of the Ferris Bueller. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you're you're going to miss things. Uh, you you like like we agree, being resilient is very important. What do people need to learn to become more resilient? Well, I want to take you a little way back again. Okay. See what happens. Our entire life is a quest for control. We're all control freaks. We want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. We want to know what's going to happen this afternoon. We want to know what we're going to have have for dinner. And uh, we get very nervous when we think maybe our life is in our control. And one of the ways in which we try to effect control on our life 
is by saying, you know, I've got to make a plan. And having made a plan, I've got to come up with what are the activities that I have to undertake in order to fulfill my plan. And if I work hard and if I execute smart, then I'm going to reach my goal. And I reach my goal. If I reach my goal, I am going to be better off in some way, probably happier, whatever. And uh, that will be fine. All of these are methods of trying to gain control. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that you, like every one of us, has occasionally had goals and you right, tried your level best to make it happen, but for some reason or the other, it didn't work out. Sure. You plan a perfect golfing vacation and you land up there and it's raining. Yep. <laughs> that happens all the time. So what happens is you want to have control you think you have control, but you really don't have control over anything. Let me repeat, you don't have control over anything. Uh, there was a, a friend of one of my students who packed his family off for vacation, and uh, he was going to join them uh, in a few days for uh, the balance of the vacation. But the plane he sent them on was the Malaysian Airlines uh, plane, which disappeared. Oh. Stuff happens. Yeah. So as long as you think you have control and you have the when what you really have is only the illusion of control, whenever things don't work out the way you would like them to, you get devastated. But if you accept in advance that nothing is under your control and nothing has been under your control and you've already accepted that in advance, then you do your level best given what your knowledge is, given what your uh, education teaches you, given what your smarts are, and then you recognize if it doesn't happen, hey, you know, it wasn't under my control to begin with, so you don't waste any time bemoaning what happened. You look upon it as, okay, this is not where I wanted to go, but this is where I am. What do I do now? So you're Mm. always acknowledging that you do not have control. You're trying your level best to exert control while having made your peace with the fact that you don't. This means that whenever something happens, which others would call adverse, you simply say, hey, you know, it happened. Now what do I do? You say, too, that most people lead lives of quiet desperation and are puppets of their circumstance. Why do you think people get stuck in those situations, and and how can they get out of it? Well, the first thing is to recognize that you do not live in the real world. Mm -hmm. You live in a real world. You know, if you live in the real world and you don't like it, you're screwed. There's nothing you can do about it. Grin and bear it. That's what most people are stuck in. They think that they're living in the real world. Whereas if they recognize, and I've got a systematic process by which persons uh, can see that they're living in a real world, not the real world, then all of a sudden life becomes a joy. Hey, I'm unhappy with where I am. No, no problem. I'm going to tear down the bits of it that aren't working and I'll bid it up again and I'll keep doing it again and again and again. And every day is a blast. Yeah. Is, is that the same way you advise people to deal with stress, is to sort of uh, see what they can change to avoid the bad stress? Or, or how, how do you advise people to, to deal with that? Well, first of all, let's consider why you feel stress. 
Now, I have tons of uh, uh, data on this. I've asked people in uh, uh, several thousand people in five continents about why they feel stressed. And there's a ton of answers that they come up with. Uh, you know, they have financial problems. They have relationship problems. There are health issues. Uh, they don't get along with their kid or someone close to them is seriously ill. A whole bunch of things like that. Mm -hmm. But in reality, there's one reason and one reason only why you have stress. And that reason is you have a very rigid expectation of this is the way life should be. Mm. And the world isn't cooperating with you. You would like to be healthy, but your doctors just told you that you have cancer and it might be terminal. You would like your children to finish school, go to graduate school, maybe do a PhD or become a lawyer or an accountant, and they drop out and decide they want to be an artist instead. <laughs> Always things are happening which are not the way that you would like them to be. And you react to that by making yourself angry, dejected, depressed, and so on. So effectively, you're punishing yourself. When you recognize that the world is not going to be the way you want and you make your peace with it, and at each time when it comes up, you have a vision of the world and say, hey, I want to accomplish this, and you try your best, and it may happen, it may not happen, and if it doesn't happen, you're fine with it, you'll simply go on to say, okay, this, what I wanted didn't happen, where do I go from here? This is a learnable skill. And when you learn it, you don't spend too much time lamenting the past. You know, it's over. You pick up what lesson you can from it, and then you go on. And you never spend time on if only this had happened. That is a learnable skill. It's exactly like, you know, trying to ride a bicycle. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, that there's so much value in that. because, And, and it's not that you can't feel... Uh, the twinge of disappointment or, or what have you, but you can't wallow in it, right? You can't spend, exactly you correct. can't yes. spend days and weeks and months just completely beating yourself up. You've got to look at, okay, I, I've got to move on from this. In what way can I move yes. on to make my next attempt better? Exactly correct. Yes, we are all human. And when uh, we are invested in something and it doesn't happen, there is a twinge. But it does not have to make you dysfunctional. You know, have, give, give yourself a reasonable amount of time for grieving, whatever it is, and then you simply move on. But all of this will only happen if you have accepted in advance that the way you want things to happen may happen, may not happen, and you really don't have any control over it. Make your peace with that. Yeah, there's so many factors that go into how our lives work out. I mean, even even the good things like uh, my wife, I wouldn't have met if I hadn't have gotten uh, this online profile and I wouldn't have gotten this online profile if if this had worked out and this and, the, and so many things go into it that, that, that I think that helps realize, too, that you really don't have that much control at all because yes. th there's so many factors that drive into it like if her parents hadn't been born in my home state there'd be no reason we would have the same interest in this you know it's there's so much Absolutely going on right. cosmically that it, it, man there's so much i think we could get into we're we're right up against time but 
you teach these courses, you offer courses now to individuals. If folks are interested, how can they how can they take part in your course? Well, the easiest way, what happens by way of background is that you get into my course by submitting an application. And it's a pretty competitive process because I do turn people down. I'm looking for people who are ready to seriously engage with the topics I raise and the best way for them to know whether or not they are right for the course is to send for the syllabus. And if you have people send me an email, persons who are listening, my email is srikumar, S-R-I-K-U-M-A-R-S for Sam, R-A-O, srikumar, S-R-A-O, at gmail.com. I'll be happy to send them the syllabus. And uh, then if they're interested, they can apply to uh, be considered for the course, and uh, that uh, that takes its own process. I, I think it's definitely worth the time to uh, at least see the syllabus and and then and then decide if you want to go through the course because we've we've even just barely scratched the surface of so many things sure. that we could talk and about. I must tell you, I must tell you also that the syllabus is ninety pages, and many persons have told me that the syllabus has been immensely worthwhile in its own right. Oh, yeah. Any piece of information can help. But I I think definitely get the syllabus, read through it. I I think you'll find a lot of value in that. And then uh, from there, decide to make that that leap and and try to to dive headlong into these thoughts because I think they're really, really valuable. And I think we could discuss so much more. So hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you uh, very soon down the road. Would very much love that. You have a wonderful day now. All right, you too. Thank you so much. Bye. If you would like a free sketch note of this episode or a free download of some of Dr. Rao's work, visit livehappynow.com. Be sure to tune in next week as we wrap up Season 1 of the Live Happy Now podcast with a best of the best episode. If you would like to share some of your thoughts, don't forget to take our quick two-minute survey, livehappy.com slash survey. You can also find us on Twitter at livehappy, facebook.com slash livehappy, and we've got an email address set up, podcast at livehappy.com. For Dr. Srikamar Rao, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long, thank you, and remember to always live happy.